With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ. Great to have you with us as this Cavalier 21-22 season draws closer. And we're about... Nine days away from training camp getting underway as the Cavs will get things rolling on Tuesday, September 28th. So we are all anxiously looking forward to that. Jim Jones, uh, I would imagine, uh, number one, you and I as broadcasters are excited about that. But uh, you as a former player can touch on the fact that players are also, I'm sure, getting antsy and itching to get going. Uh, You welcome the offseason when it comes, but at some point, uh, you got to be chomping at the bit to get back at it. Yeah, because, you know, unlike when I was a player, most guys would take the summers off. Uh, these young kids don't. They play in summer leagues. Most of them have two or three different types of trainers, and uh, they're flying all over the country playing pickup games for two or three days against their teammates and other people. So these kids are ready. You know, the skill set is so much more developed now than it was when I played. And basically, Tim, it's because they play in the summer and they're developing their game in the summer from all the holistic perspectives. And so they're ready. You know, I heard they had a great scrimmage the other night, a lot of possibilities. So the Cavs are are getting it together. Well, as the Cavs get ready to, uh, as Jim said, get things together and get camp rolling, uh, we'll talk with Brad Sellers, who, of course, had a sterling NBA career and is part of the Cavaliers radio network family when he joins Mike Snyder pregame and halftime during the road games. And then a very busy offseason in the NBA. Boy, there were some major moves made personnel-wise. Eight coaching changes. So Jim and I will kind of delve into that, and we'll get Jim's thoughts on what happened both player movement-wise and uh, new guys as head coaches in the NBA. So we've got a busy, busy show ahead. Brad Sellers will join us after we take this time out. It's Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We're glad you've dialed in on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Oh, that's some great stuff coming out of the break. Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, the dynamic duo on the other side of the window as we welcome you back to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and certainly a guy that you hear a lot of on the Cavaliers radio network throughout the season, aside from Jim and I, Brad Sellers stopping by to pay us a visit, and of course, uh, you'll hear Brad during every away game on the Cavaliers radio network, and the first game of the season Of course, regular season is October 20th in Memphis. So we'll hear Brad on opening night, but uh, we thought we'd have Brad in to talk a little Cavaliers basketball with us for this edition of Cavs HQ. Brad, as always, 
a pleasure to have you stopping by and paying us a visit. Well, Tim and Jim, glad to be with you guys. Looking Thank forward you. to a nice 21-22 campaign. Looking forward to being back with you guys for this season. Well, it's been a uh, a busy off season for the Cavaliers, especially of late, uh, a few moves that they've made. But all in all, uh, let's go back to draft night, Brad, because certainly uh, that was a big splash. Uh, the Cavaliers fortunate enough to have the ping pong balls bounce their way and, and move up to that number three spot. And Evan Mobley sitting there, and so the Cavs snatch him up and First of all, uh, just your thoughts on on Evan Mobley and and what his potential can be as an NBA basketball player. Well, I, I think the potential Tim is unlimited. I, I you know I saw this kid at USC and I'm watching it do. This is during the season, not during the tournament time, right? And I was like, look at this kid, right? And so the size, the athleticism, the ability to think the game and play it, I think the upside is tremendous. And then I will just tell you from the Cavaliers standpoint, and Jim knows this well. You know, I'm a fan of size. I don't like small people. I just don't. <laughs> Not, <laughs> I just, and I don't mean out in the real world. I mean out on that floor. I, I lead size, right? I, I like size cures a lot of L's here, right? So you take Allen, you take Mobley, you take Markin and put them all together. Now, nah, that's formidable. To me, Jimmy, you know what that reminds me of, Jimmy? What's that's that? Grant Sellers Cartwright on the front line with Pippen that's Jordan right. in the backcourt. <laughs> I remember that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And team and teams were struggling so to keep up with you guys. Gives you some unlimited things that you don't have. Last year we were battling small, and it's hard to battle small in this gym. You know that it's hard. Yep. And plus the, the other thing is it, uh, it makes fatigue becomes a factor. And then every night you've got these young players playing big minutes. And they don't have the size advantage, uh, you know. So I know where you're going. You know, hey, the Celtics did it. Of course, it was a slower-paced game. But yeah. these kids are pretty athletic, Brad. I mean, you look at Markinen, and then you look at Evan Mobley. Jimmy, then you take Sexton uh, pushing the ball, and you take you take our ability to change the pace of the game, right? Yeah. This game is this game has become. If you if you didn't see anything from the finals. You better have some athleticism out here if you want to be serious in this league now. It's not it's not our league where we used to plot around. We had had a big plot and people. It's different now. Brad, Jim and I had a speaking engagement Thursday down in Akron, and we were talking about, and Jim was really honing in on the athleticism of the players in today's NBA game. Uh, how do you see Evan Mobley's game developing, uh, utilizing that athleticism? Well, I see. I see. I, I see what Jerry Cross saw me uh, in 1986 when I was drafted in 1986. Jerry Cross, I was a seven foot out of Ohio State, and Jerry Cross, general manager of the Bulls, told me, "You're going to be the prototype forward in this league. This is where this league is going." Now, the wow. only problem, Jim, was didn't nobody know the hell to believe him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Doug, they were like, what are you talking about? What is he doing? He's shooting from where? <laughs> He's bringing the ball yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. And so if you look back, this, this league has made a, a transition. So a guy like Mobley is a offspring of that, that, that investment that the, and I, the, the, the Bulls made in me and the others behind me, Garnett and everybody, Dubisky, all those, right? This yeah. is the next evolution of that, right? And I saw that when I watched the USC. Like I, said, I saw that kid. I said, that kid got some upside here, a lot of upside. Now, young talent, like anything else, has to be nurtured, right? So yeah, the right. people and pieces around him have to play to make it easier for him. So I think that 
his upside is 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 where we want to be. I think that that leads us into the future for this organization. Yeah, I just want to add one comment. Great stuff, Brad. You know, people keep comparing him to Bosch, but I compare him to Durant because you and Durant yeah. were a leaner. Yep. You had a, a tremendous skill set, and uh, it came more natural for you to shoot a jumper in a mid-range, even though you could post up and finish. I compare him more to Durant because of his ball skill. Brad, in the clips they showed us on Twitter, he never looked down once at the ball. He was doing a fake handle, a crossover, getting to the rim at seven foot tall. Talk about yeah, yeah. that a little bit. Oh, Jimmy, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you, the, the, the thing I see is this, right? This is what, this is what the, 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 the coaches that have to, has to do with a player like that. They have to develop it. They have to encourage it. They have to say, hey, keep honing in on it. You know, mm-hmm. you encourage a young player like that because he's developed because he don't he don't know what this league is about, right? He don't know what 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 it's like to have Durant coming at you, right? He doesn't know that. Right? You have to find that on the fly. You have to keep him encouraged and say, "Listen, you're going to become a leader of this franchise, right? You have to play him like that. So even on the down days, you got to keep him up, right? Yep. And it's key. What is key is I'm gonna just say the other thing, Jimmy. You know this from the being in this league. Who's in the locker room? Wow. Right. Yeah. The lessons that you get from the veterans that say, hey, hey, I, you know, I, I, I just did a documentary for Craig Hodges in Chicago. Wow. Right? And if it wasn't for, I wouldn't be doing the job I'm doing today if it wasn't for a guy like Craig Hodges and Bill Cartwright for just taking me under their wing and just letting me know what it was meant to be a pro, right? And yeah. seeing the bigger landscape, not just the micro look, uh, just playing the position of the three. It's like, how does that fit into everything else? And so... Who's, on the, who's in the locker room is very important to, to, to young players' development. Well, Brad, I just want to add to that. That's great stuff, is that you mentioned a three, and I think that's what he is. I think he's a mm-hmm. three. You know, you'd oh, rather Jimmy, when I saw it, at the, yeah. yeah, he can go down there four. He can fill in a, a five just because of the size, right? But that's not where we're going to get a steady diet from. We're, we're looking for a position to put him where he can punish people, right? Yes. There's a difference, right? And so... That skill set, you have to embrace that skill set and say, don't tell me what's wrong with it. Tell me what's right with it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a great, great point. Stuff. Yep. Great stuff. We're going to sneak in a quick timeout. Again, Brad Sellers, our guest. Of course, you hear a lot of Brad during the season when he joins us during road games. He and Mike Snyder in halftime and postgame conversation. Right now, Brad's joining Jim and I on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cleveland Cavaliers radio network. Great to have you with us, Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and it's great to have with us Brad Sellers. You hear a lot of Brad during the regular season on the Cavaliers radio network. He joins Mike Snyder during halftime and post game as the Cavaliers look forward to this 21-22 season. Boy, Brad, with some great insights in our last segment, we're talking about Evan Mobley and some of the other changes that the Cavaliers have made during the offseason. And, Brad, uh, you mentioned your time in Chicago. Well, a young man comes in from Chicago. Uh, you referenced him briefly, Laurie Marketing, in the three-way deal that sent Larry Nance out to Portland. But uh, we've all had a chance to watch Marketing. I know Jim and I have talked about him the past couple of shows. But uh, what are your thoughts and what are your perceptions of what Laurie brings to this team? Well, I, I like Laurie. Uh, and I, I think the Bulls were in town playing the Cavs, and I was at the game. 
And so John Paxson, who used to be the GM of my old teammate in Chicago, I pulled John to the side and said, hey, I like this kid. This kid is long. He's athletic. He can do some things. Now, what he's got to do, Tim and Jim, he's got to stay healthy, right? Yes. <laughs> you yes. got to stay healthy in this league if you want to be, if you want to be a, a star in this league. But he has all the tools. Now, you take his piece, combine it with Mobley's piece, Jared Allen's piece, Garland and Sexton, I think hands down we're improved ball club. There's no question, yes. right? The question is, can we stay healthy? Can we get better together, right? And who's going to be the one leading the show for us, right? But those three across the board, marketing for sure is going to be counted on. He's giving, he giving Chicago 15 a night, I think 14 or 15 a night, right? Well, can you increase that production? Because if you're going to play the three in this league or the four in this league, Jim knows you have to put some points on the board and you have to put yep. some glass on the board, right? We have to count on you across the board. You can't be the Dow Jones every other day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Brad, you're all over today. I don't know if it was the coffee you drank this morning or, <laughs> or those beautiful my, daughters. Friend of mine, she gave, she gave me some vitamins this morning. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> or those beautiful daughters. But let's stay on marketing. You know, you're exactly right. And the other thing that I would say is that Every night on the floor, the winning teams, they beat you from three positions. They either have two starters that beat you that you can't match up to, or they have a significant bench, and that's how they win. Brad, what I'm looking at is that Sexton combination along with the young rising Garland, who by the end of the season, you and I both know, was the best Cavalier on the floor. Can they win two positions in the starting lineup, and then how are you looking at their bench play? So the bench game is, is this. That's the one that's in flux, right? Because yeah. you know, Jimmy, in this league, to be tough, you better have an eight, nine-person rotation to be tough in this league, right? That doesn't minimize your production just because you're coming off the sideline, right? It actually enhances it if you know how to embrace the role and come together. So what we need in, in, in the two positions at the, the top, Garland and Sexton have to be tough, period. Now, Sexton is tough as nails, right? His thing is, can you turn your production into wins, right? Can you do that for us? Or are you going to be a guy to just give me 22, 25 a night, right? And it looked good at the end of the night. Did that turn translate to any win, right? That's when you start making yourself better because you're making the people around you better if that turns into win. Because now the expectation rises. The other thing it does, when those two are out front, it takes the heat off those three on the front line, right? Yep. You're not going to throw all this heat on this young boy out of USC, right? Not now. His day is coming, but it ain't gonna be. It's not gonna be now, right? And you shield him and you grow them up, right? Marking and stepping out of Chicago. He is a European guy. I go to him. I say, listen, I'm gonna need some real production from you. Can you give me 82 strong games? Don't give me 50, right? right? You sitting on the sideline for 30. I'm gonna need 82 games. Right? And that used to be the barometer we used to do. Can you stay healthy? Can you do the things to make sure your body's intact for the season, right? Yeah. Are you committed to this, right? Are you committed to being a star in this league? Well, that's a great point. Again, we're talking with Brad Sellers as he joins us on Cavs HQ. Brad, you mentioned earlier, no question the Cavs will be an improved basketball team. No question they're going to be better. But let me pivot on that a little bit. What is the biggest question about this team with training camp starting in a little over a week? Well, the big, the biggest question is, in the offseason, have we gotten better? Are we committed to winning, right? Is the coaching staff uh, put in place where they can take these pieces that we have? Because we're still in flux. Let's right. be clear. We're still in flux. 
but can we be better? Can we start a, uh, developing a winning attitude? Where some games last year, we just end up collapsing, right? Right? Like you have to be tough because the Eastern Conference—I don't care what they say—is tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Jim. I know yeah. you wanted to ask Brad about his lovely daughters. Yes, I do. They're playing Division One sports, Brad. So, what's the news on on those young ladies? So the the, the last two, <laughs> the last two, <laughs> my, my third oldest, Shayla's at at Purdue Fort Wayne. So they play in the summer league with Cleveland State and. Right State and uh, IUPI and those schools. So they had a rough campaign last year, Jimmy. But, you know, the new coaching staff, they brought in a, a, a staff that uh, uh, was a team that won in, uh, was an NCAA tournament. So they got all new staff down there. So we're going to try to get better. So Shay's pretty excited about the opportunity. She might have a chance to be the captain of the team this year. So wow. she's going in a role. And, and, and if everything goes well, Jim, she's a junior. She, she should graduate at the end of the year. So Wow. Uh, so she should be out in three with a chance to, uh, for, for further education coming on down the line. Then, you know, the young one, Cheyenne, the, uh, 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 on some polls here, player of the year in this state is at wow. University wow. of Maryland with the uh, Terrapins, who is the preseason poll came out the other day, number four in the country. Their preseason ranked number four in the country, right? Mm. And she's going to get an opportunity, right? And so – yeah. You know, Jimmy, you know how you talk to your kids and say, well, Cheyenne, how's it going? It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's going, it's going, here, let me also say that. Well, Cheyenne forgot, Jimmy forgot how to call home. I said, you forgot <laughs> to call home. <laughs> then I said, Jim, then I said, don't let me have to roll up there on your butt. <laughs> I'll roll up there on you. <laughs> so, she says everything is going well, right? And so, I, I, you know, as a father, a person been to the business, I hear you, right? Because I know, don't tell me what it is. Show me what you did in the box when we were on the floor. Right. Her, uh, Brenda, Brenda Freeze, the head coach, she called me the other day while she was on traveling to South Bend, right? And I said, she said, I just want to check in. I said, Coach, you know, she and I have a good relationship. I said, how's she doing? She said, Brad, she's doing pretty darn good. Yes, she is. Oh, that's so great. far, so good. She's, she has been what we have expected. That's I'm like, awesome. okay. I said, all right. Well, I said, I heard that from Cheyenne, but I, I took it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a proud papa moment right there, man. Right, right. There's no question. You just want to see a kid successful, but she's going to learn. The good thing for her is that she's playing with some All-Americans on the team. So she doesn't have – it's not a roar. She doesn't have to come in and carry the load, right? Yes. I said, you sit here, you, whatever time they give you, you learn behind them and you fill in and do the thing you need to do. I said, we don't defer. We do our bit, but you get better because those girls are going to transition out. Then when they transition out, it's going to be you. They're going to be yeah. looking to you to lead. Yeah. Now, before we let so. you go, we got about a minute left, Brad. Uh, the mayor, so we got to let you plug your city. What are some good things happening in Warrensville? Well, listen, we're still, we're still uh, moving the train up the hill. Things are going good. We got some. Uh, Good projects in the work. I'm working with, uh, you know, Sherman Williams uh, Automotive Paint Division. It's entire division is here in the city. They'll be re- relocating to Cleveland and Brexville here in about three or four years. So we're working with them to try to put together a, uh, a comprehensive plan to redevelop their property. Um, wow. Housing sales are going well here. It's just been a great one in a bad time. The pandemic has been tough. I mean, You're there's right. been a lot of reality in the pandemic. But we've, we've seemed, seemed to make our way through it and just trying to keep the uh, – the train going in the right direction. It's been great. I've been here. I'm going to, I'll be going in my 11th year here next year. So wow. and I, I just said I did the bio the other day. 
I've been with the Cavs 12 years. I've been with the Cavs longer than I've been doing it. Right? So like, <laughs> and it's been, it's been great. And let me just say this, because no, we've got to wrap. I talk about leadership. I'm not here doing the things I do in this community without the friendship of Jim Jones, oh. Campy Russell, and Austin Carr when I was a young kid coming up in this community. It took interest in me uh, as I was growing up here. and gave me nuggets and kernels of information that I still do, uh, dive into today. They are stand-up people, have always been stand-up. They've been community-based people. And I'm not just saying it because Jim on the, on the line. Jim and them, they've been the same way since I was a kid. Oh, that's awesome, Brad. That's well, great stuff. You, Brad. We, we, we appreciate yep. it, Mayor. A man of many hats. Proud Papa, yes. the mayor, yes. and Cavs guru joining us here in the uh, Legends Chair. Yes, indeed, Brad Sellers. Brad, look forward to hearing you uh, throughout the year in the road games and uh, chatting perhaps even more on Cavs HQ. Thank hey, you, Brad. I'm, looking forward. I'm just glad to be back in the fold with you guys. Oh, it's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Brad Sellers joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Jim and I have a lot more to talk about. Stay with us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. This summer, residents in three of Cleveland's underserved neighborhoods were given the opportunity to fill their baskets with fresh produce and other food items provided by the Cleveland Food Bank at the Cavaliers Community Market presented by KeyBank. The outdoor marketplace offered a selection of nutritious items to help pre-selected families living in the East Cleveland, Clark Fulton, and Huff neighborhoods put healthy meals on the table. As part of the Cavaliers Community Market Initiative, the Cavs and Key Bank also donated $15,000 to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Bears out right back to Isaac. Floats from the baseline, missed the shot, rebound, knocked off the backboard, and Roderick Thomas took it away. Pow! With the right hand. Jetty Osmond, left side of the forecourt, fires it down low to a cutting Thomas who slammed it home. Dotson, right of the lane, drives, put it up, no. Slammed home by Thomas! Roderick Thomas, the rookie, on the follow. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great to have you with us. And, of course, the dynamic duo on the other side of the window. That's Kurt McLaughlin and Marty Allen putting together a little Broderick Thomas montage there. Of course, Cavaliers announced late last week that they have signed Broderick Thomas to a two-way contract. He uh, signed his first two-way contract with the Cavs last year, so... Broderick Thomas has been inked to another two-way deal. And Jim uh, Broderick, along with guys like Lamar Stevens and so forth, uh, those young players that the Cavs are developing, those two-way deals have proven to be very beneficial for Kobe Altman in the front office and, more importantly, the team. Yes, they have because of the injuries and because of the length of the season and uh, protocols. You know, So we put ourselves in a situation where we've got developing players in our minor league, uh, who at some point during the season have played major roles. So I like what I'm seeing, and I'm, the Cavs are on the right path. Well, I wanted to take some time this segment to go through some of the player moves that have been made during the offseason. Of course, uh, the Cavs were involved in a couple of those with uh, Ricky Rubio, 
coming here, as well as Lori Marketing. We talked about that with Brad Sellers. But, Jim, you and I really haven't had the opportunity to talk about some of the other moves that were made in the league, and it was a busy offseason. We'd be here till midnight if we went through every one of the deals. <laughs> but I thought we'd touch on a couple of the major ones, and certainly the one that grabbed a lot of attention and probably the most headlines, Russell Westbrook. Now a Los Angeles Laker. Uh, boy, how do you see him fitting in out in L.A., Jim? Well, I always try to be perfectly honest. Not perfectly honest, but honest to a point. Put it like that. <laughs> but, Tim, I see – I don't know how he's going to fit because that model, that old model that you got to have three in order to dominate, uh, I don't think it applies anymore. I think you can do it with two if you have a significant bench – and if you have a player that may not be a super player, but is just a really solid player to complement the other two, you can win in this league. I think Milwaukee proved that this season. The other thing is this, is that Westbrook and LeBron are both dominant players right? as far as handling the ball. And I wonder how that's going to affect the, the play of Anthony Davis when he's got to wait on them and they decide when he should get the ball. So there's a lot of internal things that have to be ironed out. Age has been a factor because people have talked about how they've gotten older and that the game and the pace of the game demands that you play at a fast pace. And the older you get, Tim, fatigue does become a factor. I'm wondering if they can keep that pace up because I don't think they can score enough points playing five-on-five with a slower-paced game because you just won't win in this league anymore. You know, we're a good example of that. You know, until we pick up our pace, we're not going to score enough points to win games. That's an interesting take. Of course, Jim, uh, last week we had Mike Inglis, the retiring radio voice of the Miami Heat, on the program. And, uh, boy, Miami made a splash this offseason. Another move that I want to get your thoughts on, uh, Kyle Lowry now becoming a member of the Heat. And, of course, uh, Dragic, along with Achua, head north of the border to Toronto. Uh, How do you see Lowry fitting in with Miami? Well, it's a Chris Paul move. You know, that's all it is. It's a Chris Paul move trying to get leadership at the most crucial spot on the floor based upon the way the game is played uh, is your point guard position. And Lowry fits well. He's a little younger than Chris Paul, a lot stronger and a better defender, believe it or not, as far as on ball. And I just think that that's just what they needed. You know, I know Jimmy Butler runs the team, but... He runs it verbally, but on the floor, you really need it from the head of the snake, and that becomes the point guard. Lowry's an excellent leader. He'll get the ball to Hero. He'll get the ball to Robinson when they need it. You know, Jimmy won't have to do that anymore, and then he can focus on his strengths. Any other move, Jim, that really caught your attention as far as a player movement? I don't want to just keep throwing things out at you. I want you to kind of touch on one or two that caught your attention. No, not uh, not many. You know, the the thing that caught my attention is something that uh, we're going to discuss, and, and that's all the coaches coaching changes. Eight coaching changes, Tim. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in the next segment because certainly uh, that brings a lot of interest as far as systems and and changing things and trying to fit players into a system, yep. or do you coach to the players and and that kind of gets back to you know the the personnel moves that we've seen during this off season. Uh, you know, we talk about a Westbrook too in L.A. and, of course, a, a Lowry going down now to play for Eric Spolstra in Miami and, and getting those players used to and comfortable with a, a system that they're moving to, correct? You're all over it, Tim. You're all over it. 
And the reason being is because now you've got the eighth, ninth, and tenth spots available for a playoff position. And then you're sitting on uh, the new NBA with all of these kids. And now player development takes a front seat. And the old coaching tradition of uh, Vince Lombardi or, or, or not being personable and all of that stuff comes into play. So there's been a tremendous coaching profile change as well as player profile change. Of course, player profile length, you know, the ability to play multiple positions. But now the coaching profile has to change. And you're all over, Tim. The strategies are different. And everybody thinks they have a chance because of the, the new playoff format. By the way, one more player personnel move I want to ask you about before we uh, take the break and talk about those coaching segments. Our old friend Tristan Thompson, he heads out west. Uh, he's going to be with Sacramento, and Boston has made some changes. Brad Stevens going into that front office role has been very active. Uh, your thoughts on the movement there with the Celtics and, of course, with Tristan heading to the Kings? Yeah, it's probably best for Brad. I think that's a good choice for him, you know, to oversee. He's a real cerebral guy. I think he knows how to put pieces together, and I think they wore him out. I really believe, you know, with all those voices in the huddle and on that roster, I think they sort of wore him out. You know, I I still think he has the love for the game, but I think his strategic philosophy was very strong. Many of us agree with the way that he wanted to play, but he couldn't get those guys to play. I think Udoka coming in as the coach is going to be huge for them. I really, I really do. And, of course, uh, right in our division, Chicago, uh, DeMar DeRozan now ends up as a Chicago Bull. And, uh, of course, uh, they bring one of the balls. So, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting season for Billy Donovan as he tries to put his system in place with players that he feels will be comfortable in his system and work in his system. Yeah, DeRozan's going to have to play, man. You know, I don't know what he's got left. Right. He's a mid-range player. I mean, he does not. I don't think he attempts 100 threes a season. I just think that you really have to work on complementing outside shooting with him, something that uh, San Antonio couldn't do consistently, you know, so you can take the benefit of his two points shooting and his ability to get to the free throw line. I'm, you know, I don't know how good they're going to be. I know they've got a lot of names. They've got a lot of names, but to let, to let Markinen go. You know, they really felt that, that they're on to something with the way they're going. And Billy Donovan is an exceptional coach. You know, he, he, he left Oklahoma because they were in a rebuild situation. But isn't that what he's doing in Chicago? Yeah. Well, it certainly seems that way, or at least rebuilding the roster to the way he wants to coach and the system he wants to instill. There's no doubt. Sure. Well, Jim and I talked about the numerous coaching changes in the NBA this offseason. A quick timeout on Cavs HQ, and when we come back, we'll talk about changes on the bench. That follows this on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Here's Kelly Campbell. Out to Stonewall, who knocks down the three. Talk about Stone Cold. She had someone right in her face. Tied at nine. Charles on the push. Miller will attempt the three. High arcing shot. A moon ball for Tyman Miller. Trying to make a run here in the Big East. Moore, what a moo-hoo. Dropping it off to Pitts. And Reed with the flush. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and of course, the dynamic duo on the other side of the glass, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin. Now, if you don't know that voice, history has been made. 
as the Milwaukee Bucks have named Lisa Byington, and that's the play-by-play you just heard, Lisa Byington as the team's new television play-by-play announcer. Very cool. Lisa Byington will become the first woman to handle full-time TV play-by-play duties for a major men's professional sports team. And, Jim, uh, in this segment we'll talk about all the uh, coaching changes, but that's a great change. And how about that? Lisa Byington, congratulations to her, the first woman full-time play-by-play for a major men's professional team, and I know you have connections with the Bucks. Your daughter works for the Bucks, and uh, how exciting for Milwaukee, and how exciting for the NBA. Yeah, I think it's a great move. It's not a token move. It's not the kind of move because uh, the cream in the coffee says it's the thing to do. They're doing it because if you look at her resume and her, and her history, huh, she's done it all, and she's done it uh, consistently. She's ready for this. Uh, no one can quibble about because uh, she's a woman. No, that has nothing to do with it. What has more to do with it that that it's an it's an equal opportunity opportunity situation for her, and she was the best qualified. When you look at her resume and you look at the things that she's done, it was a great move by Milwaukee that couldn't be denied. Yeah, congratulations, Lisa Byington. She is now the television play-by-play announcer. For the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Lisa replaces longtime Bucks announcer Jim Paschke, who yeah. retired following the uh, 2021 season. He had been on the mic for 35 years, but uh, yeah. Lisa becomes the first woman play-by-play person for a major men's professional team. That's great. That really is great news. All right, Jim, uh, as promised, a lot of coaching changes uh, in the offseason here in the NBA. I'm going to rattle through them. Now, we won't delve deeply into every single one of these, but uh, let's go through. Atlanta, it really wasn't a coaching change, but Nate McMillan, uh, who had been the interim coach and then did a fabulous job, uh, he now is the uh, permanent coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Up in Boston, uh, we mentioned during our last segment, Brad Stevens stepped down, uh, Aduka becomes the head coach, he may Aduka. Dallas, Rick Carlisle leaves, Jason Kidd comes in, Carlisle ends up going to Indiana, to replace Nate Bjorken, so there's a change with the Pacers and, of course, the Mavericks. Down in New Orleans, uh, one and done for Stan Van Gundy. He's replaced by Willie Green. In Orlando, Steve Clifford is out as the head coach of the Magic, replaced by Jamal Mosley. Out west, Terry Stotts steps out as the head coach of Portland, replaced by Chauncey Billups. And back in the Eastern Conference, Washington, uh, Scotty Brooks is no longer the coach of the Wizards. Wes Unsell Jr. becomes the head coach at Washington. So uh, eight changes as far as the NBA is concerned. And, Jim, uh, which one of those uh, to you is the most intriguing? Well, the most intriguing is Jason Kidd to me. I want to see how Jason deals with arguably the best player in the league is Dunchick. You know, uh, he's a special player. They just gave him $200 million plus. Uh, He's very boisterous. He's emotional. Uh, Jason Kidd uh, uh, is one of those calculating type of coaches, a former great player. I want to see how they progress. And uh, I'm not denying that that's a good move for them. I think with Jason's experience as a player and as a head coach in our league, it's going to be a benefit to them. But uh, Dunchik is no walk in the park. 
<laughs> well, you mentioned Jason's previous stops, of course, with the Nets and the Bucks. Uh, past couple of years out in L.A. as an assistant coach. Yes. Sometimes when you move over that one seat back to the assistant coach's role, uh, does it allow you to reevaluate how you were as a head coach? And if you become a head coach again, how you might approach it a little bit differently? Well, it could, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think we've just got to see you know, how it turns out. You know, how do they play early versus how they'll be playing the uh, middle of the season? You know, everybody wants to coach a superstar because there's so many positives that go with it. Longevity of, of, of your career, but also a chance to win games and also a certain amount of visibility because of that superstar's performance. But uh, Dunchik is an exceptional player. He has his own unique style. And uh, sometimes it's a hindrance to his teammates because we're looking again now at a ball-dominant player, you know, who models his game after LeBron James. The question now becomes, Tim, can that style still be successful in this league or do you need some uh, better complementary players to take some of the ball-handling pressure off of Dunchik? So we're going to see. We're going to see if that style still works. It's worked for LeBron James for all these 18 years, and this Dunchik plays that style. So we're going to see a lot early. Jim, within our own division, uh, one and done for Nate Bjorken in Indiana. Uh, Carlisle, who was in Dallas, now comes back to the Pacers, and Rick certainly has had success wherever he has coached. Uh, your yes. thoughts on Rick Carlisle coming back to Indiana and how it impacts that team? Uh, communication. You know, Carlisle's been there. He's a player, you know, former player, former Celtic. You know, his pedigree is unquestionable. He's the head of the players of the Coaches Association. Right. He has integrity. Indiana need, needed him. They needed someone uh, to explain what it takes to win without the pressure of uh, pushing performance all the time in my face. You know, and I think that's what Bjorken was doing. That style hasn't, hasn't worked in 30 years in our league. And, uh, but Carlisle is, is a great communicator. He's building a great staff. Uh, they're going to be someone that we're going to have to deal with. In fact, the whole East, Tim, I mentioned yesterday uh, at that luncheon, and I'll say it again, uh, the East is tougher than the West. I think it's pretty obvious based on how Milwaukee finished, Philly, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, and, and the great Brooklyn team. So the East now is most prominent. The Cavs are making moves, and they had to make moves, and they're to be commended. But all of these coaches' changes have been put in place, basically, because everybody thinks they have a chance. Well, I do want to ask you about one more in about a minute that we have left. Uh, sure. Willie Green goes to New Orleans. Is he yeah. the guy that gets uh, Zion rolling? I hope so, because, you know, we're hearing all these rumors. Zion doesn't want to be there and all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, some of it is true and probably some of it's not true. But the thing about it, they have to win. You know, they've got to win some games. You know, you've got Ingram, you've got Zion, you know, you've got Hart. You've got some pieces that you should be able to win with. You let, I think, uh, one of the better young guards in the league go in, in ball. You know, I don't know how you can let Alonzo go. I just thought he was exceptional, you know, and he was getting better. And now you let him go. So there's some moves being made that are questionable. Uh, Zion is an exceptional talent. That franchise can't figure out who to play around him and what style uh, they should be playing to accommodate his great skill set. They don't have that figured out yet. It's been trial and error so far. 
and the person most frustrated has been Zion. So they've got to be good this year. And I think Willie Green, who's a, what they call a player whisperer, he's one of those guys that players listen to because they respect him and he makes sense. We're going to see if that works. Good stuff. All right. Well, the good news in Cleveland, continuity. JB and the staff, they're ready to get it rolling in a little more than a week in training camp as things get ready to start for the Cavaliers. Good stuff from Jim Jones. We'll take our time out when we come back. We'll put the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Kurt and Marty on the other side of the glass. They're doing the Macarena as Marty plays the song. Jim, huge thanks to you. And, of course, Brad Sellers. He was a tremendous guest. Boy, Brad really knows the NBA and he knows the games. His insights are just terrific. Yes, they are. You know, his ability to communicate is, you know, fundamental in his his, uh, responsibilities in Warrensville. He's doing a great job because my mother-in-law who lives in Warrensville hasn't complained about city services yet. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right, Jimmy, thanks to you. Again, a huge thank you to Brad Sellers. He was just outstanding. As I mentioned, the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, Marty Allen along with Kurt McLaughlin. And the biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed it, of course. Our next edition of Cavs HQ presented by Betway will will be on the eve of training camp getting underway. The 21-22 Cavaliers season is getting closer and closer. So until we talk again on next week's edition of Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cleveland Cavaliers radio network, this is Tim Elkhorn saying once again, thank you very much for listening and so long, everybody. 